Welcome back to Scarlet and Maze. We're going to jump right in again. Ohio State 41, Tulsa 20, but it felt way closer than that, Zach. It was definitely closer than that. Um, I think, are we going to start with Ohio State every week? Just jump right on? Yeah, why not? Okay. it's Until they start I mean, picking I'm, it up. Yeah, the struggles obviously continued. Defense gave up 500 total yards. Most of it was passing this game, so the rush defense improved, but it's still, it's Tulsa. Um, in 11 games under Combs, Combs who's the uh, defense coordinator, seven of them, they've either given up 400 passing yards or 200 rushing yards, and mm-hmm. seven of the 11. So it just shows how awful the defense has been under his, when he's been the defense coordinator. I think some people are calling for Stroud to not be the quarterback anymore, but I think you stick it out. He, he, I think he has a lot of pressure, and he doesn't look comfortable all the time. But it's just weird because, like, there was, like, the second drive of the game. Olave was wide open, and he just missed him by, like, 10 yards. Like, it wasn't even close to him, way over his head. And so, like, he's just got to figure some things out and get the accuracy. Rolling. Dang. Uh, so here's my thoughts. Again, I've said this so many times, I'll probably just keep saying it until I'm proven wrong, but I've seen this movie before, and reports of their demise are greatly <laughs> exaggerated. Let me take you back to 2018, because that's where I keep going to. Week 7, they're up 17-14 at the half against Minnesota. They end up winning 30-14. to Next week, they lose 49-20 to to Purdue. To Purdue. The next week, Rondell they beat... Rondale Moore still lost by 29 Rondell, points. Rondale Moore balled out last week for the Cardinals. But yesterday. so week nine they beat two and seven Nebraska 36 to 31. Then they beat Michigan State 26 to six. Then it's the game that I mentioned last yeah. week. They beat Maryland 52 51. Then I was as confident as I've been in a long time going into the game. And they beat Michigan 62-39. They win the Big Ten Championship 45-24. They win the Rose Bowl against number nine, Washington. I've seen this before. Yeah. It's fine. So, like, does this change our pick for Ohio State easily winning the Big Ten? No, because there's no reason for it to uh, to change it. I mean, obviously, they didn't easily win the Big Ten that season. They struggled along the way, lost to Purdue, and I think it will be similar to that season, but I still think they'll win the Big Ten. If they lean on Travion Henderson, the true freshman, I think they are the best team in the Big Ten still. I think our definition of struggle is way different when lose one game <laughs> is your struggle. When I mean, I've been a Michigan fan for my whole life. It's different It's different when there's years where they just, like like 2019, when they blew everybody out. They just yeah. destroyed everybody. I don't. I think they, were, they barely were not in the lead. I think there was very few moments that they trailed in that season in 2019. All I'm saying... That's what I think of when not struggling, when it's an easy conference championship. All I'm saying is reports of Ohio State's demise are greatly exaggerated at this point. Let's see if they they struggle and then keep winning, it's 2018. If they actually start losing any, maybe. I agree it's exaggerated, but the defense is definitely to concern. It's something to be concerned about. Okay. Very, Very concerned. Are you so you said you're not worried about CJ Stroud? Um he's got to he's got to play better like he's got to show improvement but no. He's yeah, so he's, he's better thrown, than Joe Milton overthrowing everybody. Yeah. But he's th- he's thrown for more yards through 3 games than any quarterback at Ohio State ever. Over 1000 yards through 3 games. He's also had to throw cuz they were losing to Oregon. Right? Yeah, that's true. 
Anyways, uh, Michigan 63, Northern Illinois 10. Uh, I just have one thing that really made me mad early on in the game. Fourth and two from the Michigan three. Northern Illinois has the one drive all game where they're like marching down the field somehow, uh, and they kicked a field goal. <laughs> Play to win the game. Same thing as Ohio State the other week uh, yeah. against Minnesota. Minnesota kept kicking. Play to win the game. You know that you're, if you're the Northern Illinois coach. Yeah. You know that your defense just gave up what forty three points to Wyoming or whatever. Well, and you're not. You know you're not going to keep up, so you might as well Tulsa, try to win. Tulsa did the same thing twice <clears throat> in that game in the Ohio State game. Yeah, and th- there's just like I don't know. Yeah, Tulsa did the same. I was thinking. I was thinking of you when Tulsa did it. They should have. It was almost the same exact situation when they they could have scored a touchdown. It was fourth and short in the red zone, and they just kicked a field goal. Yeah. Um, so really. I don't have any takeaways from this game because it was 63-10. to 10. Northern Illinois sucked. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Lombardi looked like actual Rocky Lombardi. But ju- like it's just Northern Illinois. But this season so far, to me at least, feels a lot closer to 2018 Michigan than 2020 Michigan. Yeah. Not 2016 because uh, 2018, if Michigan beats Ohio State, they're in the playoff. But uh, they got blown out. Where 2016, it was – I don't want to talk about it. Uh, the first real test is Wisconsin. Unless Michigan wins, then it doesn't matter. That's just how it works. Just like, so, history lesson. I went back to 2018 for Ohio State. So, these are just a, a list of games that <laughs> were, were called big games until Harbaugh won them, and then they were disregarded. So, 2015, they beat number 22, BYU, 31-0. Then they beat the division champ, uh, number 13, Northwestern, 38-0. They beat number 19, Florida, 41-7. to None of those games matter. 2016, they beat Pac-12 division champ Colorado, 45-28. They beat division champ number 8, Wisconsin, 14-7. Those aren't big games. Harbaugh doesn't win big games. 2018, they beat 15, Wisconsin, 38-13. It doesn't matter. They beat Michigan State, who was 24th, 21-7. They beat number 14, Penn State, 42-7. But Harbaugh can't win big games. 2019, they beat Iowa, who was 14th, 10-3. And they beat number 8, Notre Dame, 45-14. But Harbaugh can't win big games. So the narrative is that Harbaugh can't win big games when really he just hasn't beaten Ohio State. If Michigan loses, Michigan sucks. If Michigan wins, Wisconsin sucks. Period. That's the narrative no matter what. I agree with your narrative here, but... So well, it's not my narrative. What, it's the no, yeah, I agree with the, yeah, I agree with reality. The, yeah, I agree with, your, with what you're saying with the narrative. Yeah, the reality. It is, it is the narrative. And but I, my question is, is Harbaugh the guy then? The, my problem. So like, I don't think he is. I hope that he proves me wrong. There was one point during John Beeline's tenure that I was like, uh, I think he's done. I think he's he's getting washed up. And then he came back and made the championship again. So I, I hope yeah. it's uh, I hope Harbaugh proves me wrong and this is the start of something good, but I don't know. So speaking of you know the inevitable parasitic hope, Blake Corum <laughs> is the first Michigan running back with three straight hundred yard games since 2018. <laughs> uh, he's the first to do it in his first three games since Mike Hart, who's now Blake Corum's position coach. Wow! But and how many parasitic times, hope? How many times did Mike Hart beat Ohio State? Same number of times I have. Cool. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on the Michigan game? I don't have any thoughts on the Michigan game. It's NIU. Like, they blew them out. They should have blown them out. I mean, at least they didn't look as bad as Ohio State against Tulsa. Yeah. Like, 
Props to them. They look solid. Uh, does this change your thoughts on Cade McNamara? He was um, nine for eleven, I believe. No, yeah, I think I think it does a little bit. I think there, yeah, I think there's more and more chance that we don't see JJ McCarthy this year. Yeah, I said no. JJ McCarthy's still on the mind, but it's yeah. Cade's to lose at this point still. Right. Uh, overall picks, the standings. Zach won again this week. 10 and 2. He's up to 29 and 9 overall. You got that extra point uh, for picking Penn State Auburn, which I love yeah. that we didn't have some food challenge <laughs> this week, the one you beat me. Of course, me. yeah. Uh, uh, it, does, was, it does was, create a little bit of a problem. So I'm still beating you. I was 9 and 3, 30 and 7 overall. But now this is going to create like an Illinois basketball gripe session because is it winning percentage? Is it wins? Oh. You I think can't have a split I think title. We'll have to talk about it, but um, I would vote. One of us wins. is going to have a paper banner <laughs> instead of a real banner. <laughs> I don't think it'll. There's so many games to pick. Still, like it's close right now. You have twenty. I have, I have twenty nine. You have thirty. I have nine losses. You have seven losses. Yeah. I think. I mean, there's still so many games to pick left that we'll, there'll be some separation when I win. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Big Ten players of the week. The offensive was a split. Uh, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State through. 58.1%, 261 yards, four touchdowns, got the win over Miami. Uh, and Travion Henderson from Ohio State, 277 yards, three touchdowns, 11.54 yards per carry, which was a freshman uh, game record. Oh, 277 yards was a freshman game record for Ohio State. Uh, do you disagree with that, anything? Um, I don't think Peyton Thorne should have been on there, but they got it right with Travion Henderson. I mean, he two Ohio State running backs in a single game in the history of Ohio State have ran for more yards than that in a game. Dang. That, and they've had some pretty good running backs there, I've heard. Uh, defensive Player of the Week was Brandon Smith from Penn State. This one just made me mad when I first read it without, without knowing – off the top of my head, other stats. I looked through every other game because I was like, no way. Brandon Smith getting 10 tackles, which it said personal career best. <laughs> yeah. Great. He <laughs> broke his own record. 10 tackles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Lucas Van Ness from Iowa had two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, seven tackles. It's not like a huge standout, but had 10 tackles, set personal record is kind of yeah. weak, I think. Yeah, I think – I think the factor that they wanted to go with a Penn State guy here is because they had the big win over Auburn, and he just they just went with the best performance on that defense, I yeah. guess. But yeah, it's I mean it's hard to pick when everyone's playing different levels of talent. Like, I mean, nobody played anybody as good as Auburn this week, then and they their defense was really good. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't agree with it, but I don't disagree with it. Okay. I do disagree with it because Brandon Smith had 10 tackles and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with that, we're going to be right back. We have a word from our uh, who we want to be, our sponsor. Yeah. So. I got diabetes, but you know what else I got? A hankering for some quality dairy, cider, and donuts. And I got that even more. Thank you, Quality Dairy. Please sponsor us. Buy your, buy your apple cider at Quality Dairy, uh, whether they end up sponsoring us or not, because it's the best cider around. Quality Dairy, sponsor us. Uh, yeah. Um, welcome up our first ever special guest, Robbie Lewis. Give it up. Woo! Yes, thank you for the great round of applause there, fellas. <laughs> Happy to be here. 
Happy to be here on Scarlet Maze. Thank you for the mug, too. I feel real yeah. official. Hey. So cheers. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Yes, well, uh, so Robbie, first give us a little, quick little rundown of like your football history, who's your team, uh, why you love college football. I grew up playing football, football family. My dad actually, this is a fun fact, my dad played in the NFL for a couple of years when I was young, and so um, it wasn't really good, but he was, he was on the Broncos for a couple of years in the 80s, so I grew up with football, like in my crib type of deal. Love football, played through college, coached high school football for about five years in this Lansing area out here. Uh, my college team actually is Notre Dame, which is probably shocking given being a West Coast kid, but kind of like most Notre Dame fans, you know, uh, they were on TV every single week as a kid because that NBC deal. Something about that golden helmet and not meeting expectations just really vibes with me. <laughs> so uh, go Irish. Uh, and I'm from the West Coast, so my secondary team, if you had to ask me, um, would probably be uh, Stanford, actually. That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up in the Toby Gerhardt, Jim Harbaugh, Andrew Luck, uh, Stanford days. <laughs> Uh, so go Cardinal. Who, who's your favorite Notre Dame player of all time? Of all time, that's a great question. Oh man, I would say of all time probably Rocket Ishmael. That's what I would say. Too. I'd say probably the Rocket. Um, Joe Montana a little before my day, uh, but yeah, probably Rocket Ishmael. Um, they haven't had too many highlight reel <laughs> guys since then. Yeah. So. You're on a man tattoo, man. I am actually. I am. Tails, a great linebacker, an even better liar, but a great <laughs> linebacker. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, person. Yeah, I heard you went to Bishop Sycamore, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anywho, happy to be here. Happy to talk ball uh, with two uh, two of the great college uh, football minds oh, of this right. of this area. <laughs> Could have said that better. Mel Tucker, watch out. <laughs> that's right so week two big 10 takeaways uh let's kick it to robbie first do you have any big 10 takeaways from this week yeah my takeaway it's interesting i would disagree with you guys i don't think i think my takeaway is that ohio state's not a lock in the big 10 i i think i was legit and i you know we might get into that as we go through the, through the list here um, i think michigan's more legit than we're giving them credit for it i think wisconsin also with a big non-con game coming up against my irish i think we see the parody in the big 10 that's my big 10 takeaway i actually think ohio state the mighty Ohio State is very beatable. Um, and I don't think we could have said that for, honestly, the last five to six years in the Big Ten. I think it's kind of always been, a, who are they going to demolish in the Big Ten title game? Yeah. But I think so far, three weeks in, I'm hopeful that we've got some more parity in the Big Ten. So I noticed you left off Michigan State. We live here in Lansing. I did. You're right. Zach, what do you think about Michigan State? Do you think they're legit or not legit? Okay. I think that they've looked legit so far, but I think that the opponents they played have been a little overrated, and I think they're going to be meh. They'll win seven or eight games. So you said seven or eight games. You also told me off camera that you think they're going to start 7-0 and going into the Michigan game. So you're going to okay. win 7-0 and and then lose out. Okay, maybe you win one more. You can't take what I say in a group chat with those guys. <laughs> Seriously, I just say things to razz on those Michigan fans a lot, but because um, I actually, you'll find out later on, I don't think they'll start off seven and zero. Oh dang. Okay, uh, I'll just I'll touch on Michigan State not briefly, but kind of long. So they just beat Miami. <laughs> Miami should be zero and three. Yeah, that's a fact. Credit Michigan State for winning and pulling away in the last few minutes, but Miami's like bad, bad. I mean, they have Derek King. And that was the wide receiver's name. His, his name is Sweet. It's something Rambo, right? Yeah, yeah. from Oklahoma. Charleston, Charleston Rambo. Yeah, but that, yeah. He's Who, solid. They have nobody else, though. We were talking about Their uh, punter is awesome. Michael Penix maybe being Devin Gardner broken. Uh, that was my term, broken yeah. like Devin Gardner. I feel like Derek King is the same same thing. Yeah, he's a great running Some back. Some of those throws for pretty, pretty young back. 
Uh, I think Manny Diaz is getting hot, but that's a, a topic for another another day. It's like you have to credit Michigan State. So like Michigan, last year they would have gotten blown out. They would have looked terrible. They've beaten teams they would have lost to last year. Beating bad teams is an improvement and better than the alternative. My question is how much have they improved? So here's the difference as it stands right now, in my view, between Michigan and Michigan State. I'm only comparing the two because both had two wins last year. Michigan State's ruler is Michigan. Take that how you will. Both are off to impressive, better-than-expected starts, okay? So Michigan's opponents, they beat Western Michigan 47-14. I just want to clarify. When you say ruler, you mean like a measuring stick. Take it how you will. Not like like Michigan rules over Michigan State? Take it how you will. Take it how you will. Okay, okay. Uh, They beat Western Michigan 47-14, Washington 31-10, Northern Illinois 63-10. That was with walk-ons the entire fourth quarter, backups, second half. But Western Michigan is 2-1. They beat Pitt, who they have their own – problems, whatever, but it's still ACC. Western Michigan beat Pitt 44-41. to uh, They're not an ACC threat, but they're still in the ACC. Washington beat Arkansas State 52-3, to which, like, big whoop, it's Arkansas State. Arkansas State scored 50 and had 582 yards against Memphis last week. Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech. They scored 43 on Wyoming. They had 200 yards this week against Michigan. Okay, and that was, like, Whatever. Michigan State's opponents, they beat Northwestern 38-21, FCS Youngstown State 42-14, and then Miami 38-17 this week. Northwestern is 1-2. Their only win is against FCS Indiana State. Just lost to Duke. Duke lost to FCS Charlotte, I think. Yeah. Don't disrespect Charlotte. Charlotte, sure, they're an FBS school. They're an but FBS Charlotte's school. FBS? Yeah, oh. Charlotte, yeah, go Niners. Wow, but they're, yeah, they're, they're an FBS school. <clears throat> but I, I get your point. I think when you compare those those matchups, it's interesting because you look at both and you see those expectations of 3 0, 3 0. They're both over exceeding expectations. But I do think when you dive a little deeper into the quality of opponent, you see that uh, Michigan State's got a bit more of a mask over that 3 0. I agree. Yeah. I think you'll see. Peyton Thorne really start playing more like Peyton Thorne, the quarterback we all know and love from his days at Temple. Um, I think it's a mirage to be able to give him like 58% completion percentage, four touchdowns. I can throw that if I'm handing off to Ken Walker the fourth way that guy's <laughs> running the ball right now. So I, I, I think we calm down on the Peyton Thorne train. We calm down on Michigan State. I mean, you're going to be back to your usual seven and five, eight and four, but let's not get too overexcited and think that you guys are going to really compete for the Big Ten title this year um, or any year, really. You guys are a, a, a mid-level team. Um, I mean, even this week, they, they beat Miami. We were talking about how Miami's bad. Miami was like 14 yards off from Michigan State. Their total yards. Wow. Like they're wow. real even in yards. It's not like, yeah. a, like a, the a, a different type of blowout. You know what I mean? So just yeah. the way that they're winning and opponents. I, I That was a good way of putting it. There's a, a mask over it. Um, I think that Michigan State's still good enough to beat Michigan, though. I mean, I mean saying, yeah. Elaborate. Michigan, Michigan's still better, I think, but there's enough parity, like you said, in the Big Ten and in college football that, I mean, it's it's Saturday. You never know what's going to happen. It's true. I mean, when when uh, Ohio State is Michigan's measuring stick, but Michigan is Michigan State's measuring ruler. stick, their Super Bowl, their ruler. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. just bottom line like it's fine it is what it is michigan's biggest rival is ohio state even if they're getting their crap kicked in every year yeah. michigan state's biggest rival is michigan in their second maybe third if they're, we're counting notre dame for michigan yeah, yeah. so um ohio state's biggest rival is illinois 
kidding. This year, that might be a tough game for you guys. You better, <laughs> yeah. better watch out. Brett Beal was coming. Yeah. Um, I have another takeaway. Unless Michigan wins against Wisconsin, then they'll be tested in Madison in two weeks. Because if Michigan wins again, it doesn't matter. Because it wasn't a big game. It wasn't a big test. Uh Michigan State, I think so. I think they should be seven and zero headed into the Michigan game. It's improved, even if they lost out, like you were saying, Zach. It's still. <laughs> well, I did not even, say they would lose. I'm out. just joking, but it's still. Even if they got to seven and zero, even if they got to eight and zero, and then like they beat Michigan and lost out, it's still obvious, huge improvement from last year. Yeah. Uh, here's my take. You already disagreed because you you said Iowa, maybe, but I think even if Ohio State. Ends up not winning the East. I think the East will still easily beat the West, mainly because yeah. I think Spencer Petrus sucks for <laughs> Iowa. And I don't know if I disagree with that take necessarily, but I do think the way Iowa has steamrolled teams the first three weeks of the year, Kirk Ferentz always gets this team once every seven to eight yeah. years, where they kind of pop up out of nowhere. They they're riding this high. They're they're inclusive now. They got rid of their old strength coach. Don't worry about that anymore. It's <laughs> like we're rolling, right? Yeah. And, and all jokes aside, the reality is is that Iowa. I think that if if they're going to match up, so who do you have? Let's say Ohio State doesn't win 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 their division. Who do you got coming out? With? I. I we talked about it a little bit during the game, but Sean Clifford, I think, has proven me wrong. I said he's not a good quarterback. He looked pretty good. No, he's he's pretty buns. But uh, <laughs> but the point is, is okay. So we'll take Penn State, right? Yeah. Give me Kirk Ferentz and Iowa against James. I can't win a big game, Franklin, and I, Clifford and that. Penn State. So that's my only thing is I do think there's some more parity there, and I think if, if Ohio State somehow doesn't win their side of the division, I do think Iowa's it's. Iowa's Big Ten for the taking. I do think mm. most people would say Penn State, and I agree with you. I think they're an improved team, but I don't think they've won the big one. I'm beating Bo Nix in Happy Valley is not winning the big one. That doesn't tickle my fancy. Um, I, I think they've got to show me a little more uh, before I can consider them to not be the choke artist that they have been in the last four or five years yeah. when it comes to that big moment. To be fair, Penn State was playing also against the officials. Oh, gosh. There, there are a few mind-boggling things. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Do either of you have other Big Ten takes? Um, I just – I agree with Robbie with Iowa being if, – if Ohio State isn't as good as I think that they are, I think they still win the Big Ten. But if they don't, I would, I would say Iowa would be the team to win it. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I think Indiana was a fraud. That's another Big Ten. Oh team. my gosh! Yeah. I think if we want to really go, you know, deep into it, and I love Tom Allen. I think the waterworks after every game last year was awesome. I think it's exactly what the state of Indiana needed—a uh, basketball state that has been horrible at basketball for years. They rally cry around football for this one year, and everything went right for you guys just to majestically make it to a New Year's Day bowl um, to lose Penix and to lose the game. I think, but it all went right for you to get to that. And now this year, I think they're just a complete fraud, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. the other takeaway: is that we can't really count on Indiana. That to be consistently good. Penix, Penix kind of disguised how bad that offensive line was last year and is still this year. He, he, they like I saw some stat. It was like the pressure rate was like one of the worst in the Big Ten. But he didn't get sacked a lot because he escaped and throw the ball away and, or escape and make a play. But yeah. I think the biggest thing for Indiana was losing Mike Hart. So. <laughs> No, it's literally the biggest thing because Mike Hart is quite happy these days. <laughs> you see him on the side of there, it's like, buddy, you were just in the league. But, uh, you know, I agree with that. I think uh, I think I losing a coach like that, obviously a big deal. And, you know, we couldn't even name any of the running backs, so clearly Hart was the reason that that run game was awesome. <laughs> but like, what about Minnesota? Do we think Minnesota's legit? I don't. I, I don't well, like P.J. Fleck. 
I don't oh, think they're very good. I think they're I think they're solid, but I don't think they're like they they're not like Big Ten championship <laughs> legit. Yes, yeah, see, I don't know if they ever get to Big Ten title legit. I want them to real bad. I love PJ Fleck. I believe him in his heart. He could have had any job in the country when he took this Minnesota job. He claimed Minnesota was the sleeping giant, that they, they could be a top five perennial team, and I think he believed that. They have the resources. They're the only really power five team in a big state. I get it. I want them to be legit. I think they're legit, but legit for them is like 9-3, 10-2. Yeah, you know, Brady Hoke well, thought he could turn around Michigan, too. <laughs> P.J. Fleck is better than Brady Hoke. <laughs> belief, belief, attitude change, whatever, all that isn't, isn't all there is. Well, and I think, like, they hung with Ohio State for most of that game, and um, I know a lot of people think Ohio State sucks, but Ohio State is still a very good team, whether they look bad or not. They lost to Oregon by seven, but... I think if if Abraham doesn't get hurt in that game, who knows what would happen? Totally. And the reality is, in the West, it kind of you flip a coin most of those games. So if and that was what happened two years ago with Fleck, up until Wisconsin, right? They kind of yeah, won all right. those coin flips. They 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 Wisconsin ran that table, right? And so I like them. to think that they're closer to ten and two than they are six and six. That's all. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I could lean either way. <laughs> rapid fire for the third pile of games. Uh, what we're doing this time is. Robbie is going to make each pick too. We're also obviously going to make our picks. If he, if Robbie's picks beats our picks overall, uh, we'll do the one chip challenge. Um, if he beats both of us, we'll both do the one chip challenge. So Villanova at Penn State. I got Penn State. Villanova's actually won the last three matchups against Penn State, but it was like over, it was like almost 100 years ago. I got Penn State. All right. Uh, yeah, it's tough. You got that in-state rivalry there. I do think Nova will get up for that game, but again, not even close, especially in Happy Valley. Uh, I'll take James Franklin in the game. All right. Bowling Green at Minnesota. I do got P.J. Fleck rowing the boat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota's, they're, I think they're pretty good, but and Bowling Green's Bowling Green. I got Minnesota. They sure are Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, I, I I think this game's a blowout. I mean, it's not tough. It, for me, it's tough to even justify Bowling Green getting on the board. Bowling Green had one of the cooler stories of the college football season, though. Uh, week zero, they were the only – now, week zero was a limited game week, I know. But the week zero week, they played Tennessee. They started a true freshman walk-on at center. That's one thing about it for a minute. This kid showed up two weeks ago and was good enough to all of a sudden start at center for you against Tennessee at Tennessee. Probably shows you a little bit about how bad Bowling Green is at recruiting. Um, but cool story there if you look it up, but Which not I, cool enough. I, to I, I wonder if this is part of the reason why too. Joe Milton didn't have a very good game after his good first round. I mean, it would be tough because he's the center for Bowling Green, so he would never be on the field at the same time. Something was making it tough, I'll tell you that. Uh, Ohio at Northwestern. I got Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern's bad, I, but Ohio is also bad. I got Northwestern. Uh, I don't have that much blatant disrespect for the MAC like these two guys do. I got to pick a MAC team here at some point. Northwestern is historically bad for their program. I think it is a horrifically down year. I believe this is Frank Solich's last year at Ohio. I don't know if I have a fact check on that. Um, can we get a fact check on that? Um, yep. But <laughs> uh, we're pointing to our fact check lady. Um, but if she doesn't get back to us, I'm pretty sure Solich already said he's stepping down at the end of the year. Give me Ohio with the upset at Northwestern, but it's not much of an upset. Give me the boys from the Maction Conference. I think they are actually a two-touchdown favorite at Northwestern. Mm. Who's going to score two touchdowns for Northwestern? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Hey, Maybe Pat Fitzgerald. They put up 20 on Michigan State. Michigan State's, like, super good. <laughs> Iowa. I got Iowa over Colorado State. Yeah, I mean, Iowa's too good. I got Iowa. 
Uh, yeah, you know, again, I actually really like the Colorado State head coach. He, he's a walking soundbite. If you ever just Google Steve Adazio quotes, oh my goodness, he's a funny guy. Uh, but unfortunately, he's not funny enough to overcompensate for the fact his team is <laughs> horrible uh, comparatively to Iowa. Iowa rolls, uh, and I think the Hawkeyes continue to just march on to 4 yeah. Illinois at Purdue. We talked about this one a little bit. There was some some debate going on. I got Purdue. Yeah. I got Bielema is he's an okay coach, but yeah, I got Purdue. Yeah, this one is uh, probably the biggest coin flip of all of them for me personally. But I, you know, I got Purdue. I got Brett, 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 Brett Jeff Brock, <laughs> and the boys uh, over there at Purdue. I think he does a great job. Uh, very underrated. That's a tough gig. High academic school yeah. in a state that doesn't produce great football in a conference that they're always mediocre. So I do think that he's a good coach. They roll. Let's go, Boilermakers. All right, Kent State, Maryland. Maryland's up to three and zero so far. Yeah. The last few years, they get to three and zero. People think, or they ask at least, "Oh, is Maryland is Maryland really good?" And then yeah. they're not; they collapse. Uh, I do have Maryland beating Kent State. I actually like Kent State in this game. They've got two different players with three interceptions on their team, and they actually didn't get an interception last week. So that's through two games they had three interceptions, and they played Iowa last week. So. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to root for Kent State. The Golden Flashes have produced many a great NFL players. Uh, Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs, Julian Edelman, uh, to name a few. Uh, Do you know Julian Edelman? I know him a little bit, yep. But, you know, I got to go with Maryland here um, for two reasons. One, their coach looks like Chef from South Park. And two, <laughs> he does. And two, two, he's a great guy, Mike Mike Loxley, but looks like Chef from South Park. And two is honestly because Maryland's just a better team. I don't think they're legit. Again, that's what sucks about college football. You play cupcake teams for three weeks. You then go three and six in conference, but you make a bowl game and go six and six and you look okay. That's got Maryland written all over it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So Scott Manpelt up in stores, Connecticut, is going to hate me for picking, for saying Maryland sucks. He's a big Maryland guy. Um, But we're going to go Maryland and not even be close. Yeah, Scott Manpelt will hate you because he watches this. Uh, I think Michael Penix is honestly seriously broken and his career is over. So Western Kentucky. I, I agree with you that Penix is broken, but I think Indiana's the better team. I like Tom Allen here. Indiana gets the win. Michael Penix is a joke. He, he can't throw. All he can do is run. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Uh, I do. I, this one's a tough one for me. I go back and forth, but let's go Hilltoppers. I'm big in Western Kentucky uh, at home. I do think they, they'll see this as a big win in their mind because it's still a P5 win. Uh, so let's go Hilltoppers. There you but go. Then, but then does that make Cincinnati look bad because Cincinnati struggled with Indiana? That's uh, an interesting topic that we'll get to later when I give you my college football playoff picks. There we go. Uh, Rutgers onto the varsity games. Surprising that it includes <laughs> Rutgers, but Rutgers at number 19, Michigan, Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. Rutgers is 3-0. and Their first matchup involving teams 3-0 and or better since 2006. Last time Shiano was there. Uh, Noah Vedral has a whopping four touchdowns in three games on 81 attempts with the schedule that they had already. Cade McNamara uh, has one less touchdown on 37 attempts, so 44 fewer passes, one fewer touchdown. Uh, Rutgers is running for just 3.3 yards per carry, again, against that schedule. Uh, I think Michigan beats the spread again. They win really big. Yeah, I like – I love Shiano. I love that they brought him back. I love how he's done the first three weeks. I don't think the previous coach would be 3-0 right now, but I don't love Shiano that much. I got Michigan. Oh, boys, this is tough, and I understand why we're all going to roll over and pick Michigan and say, oh, it's a, it's a Saturday, it's a 3.30 game, that's the time slot nobody really cares about, right? It's at the big house. They're going to be 100,000 there, whatever. Nobody cares about and, the big house. And, and the reality is, is 
If you watched this game last year at Rutgers, again, I know no fans. You watched it last year. Rutgers should have beat him, had it in the bag, missed field goal uh, in overtime. I think Verdell's a better quarterback than we're giving him credit for. Rock's number zero. you got to have quite the swag to rock number zero, a quarterback. I'm all in on Rutgers winning this game. I think Michigan is going to stub their toe at some point before the big boys. I'm not saying they're not going to beat the big boys, but I think that this is a true stub-your-toe game. I think Rutgers marches in with Shiano and they storm the field in an upset victory. Give me Rutgers to beat Michigan in an upset at the Big House in a game that we will see Harbaugh frustratingly pull Cade McNamara in the third quarter. You know, last year there were no fans. This year there is no Joe Milton for two or three quarters of the game (laughs) before Cade McNamara saved the day. Yeah, that's a sentence you don't hear too much. Cade McNamara (laughs) saved the day. That is true. Uh, Nebraska at number 20, Michigan State, Saturday at 7 p.m. For some reason, someone thought a Nebraska game would be a good primetime game. Well, it's FS1. Nobody really FS1, watches. that's a good point. <laughs> Nebraska gave up 4.6 yards per carry to Fordham, 4.1 yards per carry to Buffalo, 5.5 yards per carry to Oklahoma. I think if Michigan State throws it at all, Thorne will throw his first pick of the year, but Walker goes for 150-plus, and MSU wins by at least two scores. The, the spread for this game is actually MSU by three, which is crazy because they give three points to the home team, so they're basically saying this game is a pickup. The teams are even. Yeah, I don't. I think Michigan State's a better team. I think they're solid, and I don't know why, but for some reason I think Nebraska's going to win this game. They almost beat Oklahoma. They were within a touchdown of Oklahoma last week. They're, they're, I think they're going to be feeling confident after that, even though they lost. And they're going to come in and beat Michigan State in East Lansing. You know, this game is a matchup of, in my opinion, uh, the most overrated coach in the Big Ten from three years ago, Scott Frost, to, with, against the most overrated coach in the Big Ten right now, <laughs> Mel Tucker. Uh, I would rather gouge my eyes out than watch this game. Thank you, FS1, <laughs> for giving me that choice. <laughs> but... Uh, all jokes aside, uh, when uh, when the c- clock strikes zeros there in the fourth, as much as it hates me to pick them because I don't want everybody here to start saying they're like legit. Uh, you got to be pretty bad to not beat Nebraska at home right now. So give me uh, Michigan State um, and probably give me the points. It's probably gonna be a seven to ten point game there. Um, so I'll take State. Okay, so both of you guys are hating on Mel Tucker, obviously, but I think one thing that Mel Tucker is really good at is recruiting. And I think that's a huge factor. Recruiting or recruiting transfer? Transfer portal. Okay, Kenneth Walker is like, that's, come on, dude. Like, he was at Wake Forest before. Like, I don't, I think he's legit. I think he got lucky with him. Peyton Thorne, same thing. I mean, I think that if we start seeing these freshmen come in, and sophomores, and he gets his guys. Right now, it's it's a lot of this. They're taking advantage of the new. You can go and play right away, and plus the extra year of eligibility yeah. because of COVID. Give him credit, I guess. But even like he's through, done nothing even, to show me he's a good coach. He was with, buns at Colorado, and then that next year, College Rell goes and they go like four and two and almost win the Pac-12, and they end up making the <laughs> yeah. Alamo Bowl. I mean, they're pretty terrible this year, but I'm actually. But even I'm not, like they're just just their regular recruiting is better has been better than D'Antonio ever was. What? At recruiting. Oh, the silliness I, of Zachary. I think that's incorrect. <laughs> but I, I, I just want to throw out there, I'm not uh, necessarily saying. They have a top 15 class right now. For Name me one guy in the class this year. That I couldn't name we can, we can see where the class ends up, too. But yeah, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not so much saying that Mel Tucker is a bad coach. I'm saying that so far this season hasn't told us anything, and last year he was bad. So. Yeah. yeah. That's all. I'm, it's more like uh, he's unproven for me. I don't. I don't think that he is a great coach. I also think that he is uh, unproven. 
Yeah, at I, this point. I'm I'm just at the he's unproven part, but I do think he's a good he's been a good recruiter so far at Michigan State. I think Michigan State should fire him and throw all the money they have at Ryan Day. Akron at number <laughs> ten. Ryan Day should get fired State. if he loses two more games. <laughs> Let's hope that happens. Akron at number ten, Ohio State, Saturday at seven thirty. <laughs> Akron, Ohio State, another prime time game. Big Ten Network. <laughs> Akron is coming. Oh, I'll let you go first. Yeah. So I mean, it's a. It's Akron and it's Ohio State. What's there to talk about? I'll tell you what there is to talk about. Akron <laughs> is coming off their biggest win of the season, even if it's their only win. Uh, quarterback DJ Irons is leading the team in passing yards there and DJ? rushing yards. The best got, DJ in the nation at quarterback anywhere. They got, they got a little Josh Allen over there, huh? Yeah. Uh, Ohio State struggling. I think Ohio State wins with the difference being somewhere between 14 and 77. <laughs> Uh, so Akron is traditionally a top or a low five job in the U.S. In my opinion, I think I, I, their facilities are awful. Uh, a few buddies I had to play there. Uh, it's just not a great place to play college football. Now that being said, still Division One, you're getting a free ride. You're in beautiful Akron, right? Um, but I don't think that they've got the firepower to compete. I think it'll be closer than we think. I think in the first half, Ohio State will let them hang around. Zach talked earlier before I came on about how bad that defense has been. So Akron will look a little sexy in the first half for Akron at least. Uh, but I think in the second half, they will come out and blow them out. And eventually, this may be the first game we see Quinn Ewers and that mullet trot out for the fourth quarter. I don't even think Quinn Ewers is the backup at this point. Akron will look a little sexy. If we see if we see anyone, it'll be uh, – shoot, I'm blanking on this. Don't care. All right. <laughs> number 12, Notre Dame at number 18, Wisconsin. Game of the week, Saturday at noon on Fox. Uh, I'll let uh, – Robbie, you go first because you're a Notre Dame guy. Yeah, so – uh, game of the week, uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Like uh, like like Adam said, uh, it's on it's on Fox at noon. So uh, I I think that what's going to give the advantage here for Notre Dame is its neutral site, right? So Notre Dame fans will travel relatively well to Chicago, right in our backyard there. If it was at Wisconsin, I'd be a little more nervous. Don't underestimate the fact that Jack Cohen, the prodigal son, returning home, but instead of a warm embrace, it should be a bunch of boos and we didn't like yous, right? Uh, last year, we picked Graham Mertz as the savior of Wisconsin, and I'll admit, after that first game, he slings five touchdowns. We're going, this can't be possible, and he's the highest-rated quarterback recruit in the history of Wisconsin football. When he uh, didn't throw an incompletion that first game, didn't he? I don't know about that, but he definitely threw five like, touchdowns. It was one incompletion or zero. And it was against Lovey's Illinois team, though, right? They yeah. ended up being great. But I drank that Kool-Aid for about a week, and then I spit that Kool-Aid out the next week and have ever since. I think Mertz is awful, and I know why they had to do it because of the youth movement, but Cone walks right back in there and says, how dare you send me packing? I'm in a better situation now. He has moved on, and I think Notre Dame wins. And if I'm picking the score too, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the spread. The yeah. spread. I'm going to have Notre Dame by a touchdown. It'll be a seven-point game. Now. All right. Uh, who, who was it on this show – like episode one, he said Graham Mertz had one good game and then was terrible. I think it was LeBron James. LeBron was on the show. I think it was me. Oh, yeah, it was So you. the real LeBron goat. LeBron said that in the second. The real goat said yeah. that, yeah. Uh, I'm not sold on Notre Dame. Um, I'm more sold on Penn State after this past week, which makes me more sold on Wisconsin at this point. Wisconsin's coming off a bye week. I got Wisconsin by 13. Okay, I think Notre Dame has looked awful this few weeks th- through the season. But they just keep finding a way to win, and I think they continue to do that. Jack Cohen gets his revenge, and I like Notre Dame here. Notre Dame wins by three. All right. Tweet of the week. Uh, I got Fresno State beat UCLA, and they posted this. Uh, it says, see you next time, Los Angeles, and then the Hollywood sign in the background is just an L. 
I didn't think that all of my tweet of the weeks would be this this petty shade, uh, but they have been so far, and I love them. I don't care. Yeah, my tweet of the week is Colorado has set an all-time twelve all-time Pac-12 record of 20 consecutive drives without scoring a point. They break the previous record of 19 set by Washington last week. Pac-12 football. Yeah, um, I did not come with a tweet that was on me a little bit. I think I was briefed on it a little before, um, but if I had to pick a tweet, it would have been something about uh, about middle of the afternoon. It was an afternoon game. Uh, it was Memphis at Mississippi State uh, in a actually a pretty big game for Mississippi State. It could have continued to be undefeated heading into the SEC play. Uh, they punt it, right, and they're up by four, and the ball falls, and multiple players, a uh, 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 Memphis player actually touches it, slaps it back. They kind of gather around him. Nobody actually downs the ball. Mississippi State. Sorry, sorry. Uh, nobody actually downs the ball, and a Memphis player runs in from behind. I mean, it's it's laughable when you watch it because he actually, like, shoves the, the Mississippi State players out of the way, picks the ball up, runs it, scores it, and that's the difference in the game. My tweet would have been something about that. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was yeah. blowing up Twitter. It was yeah. amazing. It was – well, it was – I think it was the right call. It was the right play. Like that's the way, what should have been would have happened is that play played out and that play the player scored a touchdown. But the ref was the issue with the call. He was waving his hands, calling the play dead. The play should have been over then when the ref was doing that. But the ref shouldn't have been doing that. Also, SEC refs. Yes. Same thing with the Penn State Auburn game. They were pretty terrible refs. Normally, I'm like just hating on the Big Ten refs, which I'm not not hating on the Big Ten refs right now. But SEC refs had a pretty bad day. That's very yep. true. Yep. So that would have been my tweet. Yeah, they even put a statement out of, like, all the things that happened wrong. Well, no, they came out an hour after the game. The SEC SEC officiated, not the official crew, are they Birmingham, Alabama? They're somewhere in Alabama. The SEC headquarter came out and made a press release an hour after the game apologizing to Mississippi State, saying that was was not the correct It was like, it was a long. They apologized to us and said, you should have won. They they can't give them the win back. I I wonder if it was was reversed, if it was Memphis that lost because of it, if the SEC would have came out and did, I doubt it. But, uh, yeah. So kind of kind of remarkable. And that was something I forgot to say. Offset was that what shocked me about that was that it was it was it was the wrong take according to the SEC officials after right. the fact that they actually issued an apology to Mississippi State. Can you imagine that in no. Michigan, that in Ohio State, that in no. Notre Dame? You know, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather there be no apology. You know, you, you know, you should have won. There. You lost on the field. And Mississippi State with Mike Leach, you're not going to run the table, but right. still, right. that could be the them going bowling and staying home in December and not getting those extra practices. They, need, they should stay home in December. No, they should probably go bowling. But <laughs> uh, I don't, I, that's a topic for another day. Why do yeah. teams turn down bowl bids? That is yeah. dumb. Why do teams do that? Anyways, you yeah. get 21 more days of practice, unless it's a coach, even if it is a coaching change, even more of a reason. Yeah. Anywho. Puts your team in a better spot for next season. That uh, makes no sense. So, Robbie, what are your, uh, what's your playoff picks? Who are your top four teams? Okay, so top four teams at the end of the year. I think this year, more than, honestly, since I can remember, probably 2007 is the last time in college football where we really, at least early on, it looks like everybody's beatable and we're not just waltzing our way to the same three teams and then a wild card fourth team in the playoff, right? So number one, I'm going to go Alabama. I think Bama runs the table. I think they'll be tested against Georgia. I think they potentially will be tested against A&M. I think Jimbo really wants to be the first assistant, former assistant to beat Saban. Uh, I do think we'll see that close. But ultimately, Bama rolls. They're in the title game. They're in the playoff, and I think they'll win their first-round matchup with the title game. They're number one. Two, uh, I'm going to have Oklahoma at two. 
I think Oklahoma easily runs through the Big 12, as I hinted at earlier in our uh, you know time together. I think they're highly overrated. I think Spencer Rattler is highly overrated. I think the whole team is overrated. The reality is, is they're in the Big 12. They're not going to be tested. They're going to run the table, and they're going to be able to say, hey, look at us. We're a Power 5 team. Who's the, who's the second-best team in that conference? Texas? And they just got whooped by Arkansas? Record-wise, Kansas State well, I mean, probably. Not record-wise, just who's Matt the second-best It's always going to be Texas. They're off this year, though. They're always going to be yeah. Texas probably. Yeah. But, yeah, Oklahoma State's okay. Uh, the reality is, is that you know Oklahoma will. Ne- you can mark it right now. When they go to the SEC, whether it's two years from now, five years from now, whenever they formally end up doing it, they're going to be bad. Um, so, anyways, uh, Oklahoma. That's my two. They're, they'll get in and they'll get smushed like they always do by whoever they play. Uh, my number three is Georgia. They'll I think play Georgia. That's who they'll play. Yep. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, I think Georgia will. Uh, walk their way to the SEC title game undefeated. They will lose to Alabama like they always do. Kirby Smart uh, is – I'm sorry, this is picking a bone. I'm not a Kirby Smart guy. I think they fired Mark Rick to hire another Mark Richt. So I just – I don't necessarily love Smart as a coach there. I think he's a great recruiter. Uh, but all he does is promise a bunch of five-star guys the chance to come there, and then he does know how to manage them. Bro, you kept Jake Fromm and let Jacob Eason and Justin Fields walk, right? Like, so Justin anyways, Fields. point being is that <laughs> – I think Georgia's your three, and I don't want to bore everybody now because I'm kind of just getting preachy with college football. My fourth team is, and this will be a shocker for people out there, I haven't said Ohio State yet, right? I haven't said Notre Dame. I haven't said a Pac-12 team. You haven't said Mel Tucker? I haven't said Mel Tucker. That's <laughs> gosh, that guy. If uh, Right now, if Michigan State makes the college football playoff under Mel Tucker, right? And ever I, or just this ever, year? Ever, ever. I will come on this show, and I will get a tattoo of his face. That is how confident I am. Uh, where? I'll take that action. There's yeah, zero. Nothing happens if, it, if I don't lose. That's how confident I am. There is yeah. zero chance Michigan State makes college football play under Mel Tecker. So, back to what I was saying. My four team, I think Cincinnati runs the table, and you're saying, wait, Rob, you're a Notre Dame fan. I understand that. I also realize Notre Dame is very limited this year, I think. And we will be, now that they beat Indiana, we are the Super Bowl for Cincinnati. All Fickle is telling that team is you beat them, you control your destiny to go to the college football playoff. So I think if there's ever a year, a year of parity, a year of unknown, a year of uh, we're not having the big dogs, why not? Let's put Cincinnati in at four. They've earned the right if two years in a row. Uh, I think that playoff committee is going to sit around and do that. Everyone's going to disagree with me, right, because I left out Ohio State because that means I think Ohio State lost a game and you shouldn't put a one-loss team in over a uh, undefeated Cincinnati. Yeah. I think Clemson's buns. I think they're going to lose at least one or two more times. Uh, Pac-12. they don't lose one, the ACC has nothing to, like, they're all bad. They're beating each other up. They're terrible. Uh, the Pac-12, Oregon, that's your linchpin, right? The, we got the Ducks. The reality is they're going to lose to Washington or USC or both or in the Pac-12 title game. I do not trust them. Anthony Brown is terrible. Do we not remember this guy got benched at Boston College? This guy was like 17 of 32 against Ohio State. And we're treating him like he's Jesus. <laughs> so I would get rid of that. Those are my playoff picks. Bama, uh, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Cincinnati. Bama's winning the whole thing again. That, it's stupid. That take of you saying that if Washington could beat Oregon, oh man, if I would hear it from the Michigan fans if that happened, and I think it, I would love it every second of it. You wouldn't hear it from me because I would just be waiting for the, the game. I mean, I think they're going to. I think Oregon is always, always has a letdown game, yeah. especially under Cristobal. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about him. He's a good coach, good recruiter, but I, again, I, I I know I'm kind of being a hater. We really drink Kool-Aid on some guys too early. Ryan Day is another great example of that. I think oh. Ryan Day is fireable in my opinion. I don't know oh. why we're worshiping Ryan Day. I Hot take again, Urban Meyer doesn't go to USC. Ohio State loses four games. They fire Ryan Day and Meyer goes back there. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be amazing. 
I mean, not amazing as a Michigan fan. That would just be a, a funny thing. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'm supposed to give my top quarterback and my Heisman before we yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's, who's your top quarterback right now? Uh, certainly not either of your guys' quarterbacks, tell you that much. <laughs> or mine. What about J.J. McCarthy? J. J. No, I, I, it's so stupid to me why Harbaugh won't play J.J. McCarthy. But anyways. Well, um, have, you, um, have you said, Adam said that the word is that he is really inconsistent in practice. Maybe J.J.? Yeah, yeah he'll he make has, a really good throw. He has crazy throws, and then he's really inconsistent, throws crazy picks. Yeah, just boneheaded throws. So I'd rather to, have that than Kate McNamara. He's trying to <laughs> lean on Corum and Haskins. So, and Edwards. Well, they have, well, that's just weird. What are they going to do next year? Cade's a junior. Cade's we, uh, newsflash. He's not going to the NFL. Yeah. Like, no. So what are they going to do next year? You're you're going to not play JJ again. He's a five star, the highest you've ever had. You have to play him. He's going to say see you later. Well, yeah. I mean, meritocracy. If that thing is real, I think JJ McCarthy could just beat him out in the off season. Yeah. I think he probably if he got more consistent. So then Cade pulls a Rocky Lombardi and his transfers. Yeah. yeah. And that then it would be interesting where he would transfer to, right? No, somewhere, no, no, no. somewhere even, somewhere Bowling down. I, yeah, yeah, a Mac level school. I mean, no, no other P five taking Kate McNamara. So, anywho, point being is uh, top quarterback though. I would say Kate McNamara could be the holder at Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably. Not. <laughs> probably couldn't be. I think my top quarterback is Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, you may have heard the name. Uh, Coastal made a meteoric rise to uh, relatively a known status last year. Uh, Coastal Carolina, a team with Jamie Chatwell, a hot coaching name out there. Uh, I do think that they are disrespected still. Everyone thought that was a one-hot year, but I think they're off to a hot start again. He's got the highest passer efficiency in the nation. Um, I love McCall. This is kind of not about McCall, but this is about Coastal. I love what they did last year in the COVID year when they – on, on like a Tuesday, scheduled a game with BYU, and then that game was incredible. It was like, and that's a big up to BYU years, yeah. because it was yeah. BYU that really initiated yeah. that. Coastal had a buy. BYU's team bailed, and BYU needed knew they needed to stack games yeah. to try to get a playoff appearance. End up losing that game, but tip your hat to both of those. They guys. were two yards short of winning it. Though, that was right? one of the best games of the year, yeah. honestly. Um, Zach Wilson got destroyed, kind of like he did yesterday. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, Cade McNamara is my top quarterback. My Heisman. <laughs> this is tough. My Heisman is probably. So unlike every other year, right, guys, we normally know there's two guys you can just punt your way to New yeah. York regardless of, of how they play because of the name brand. And I thought that this would be this year, too. I thought Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell would be locks to go there. Yeah. Um, Howell is looking a little better, but I think the reality is is we don't have that guy right now. So Adam brought up an interesting point earlier about Matt Corral from Old Miss. I... Taking off the bias hat, I think Matt Corral from Ole Miss is probably your Heisman frontrunner right now. That being said, I hate Ole Miss. I don't. I do not like Lane Kiffin. I He's Lane fat. Kiffin. I don't like him. <laughs> I just don't like. I think Lane Kiffin is a highly overrated coach. I follow him on Twitter. I think his Twitter is hilarious. Uh, yeah, he, he knows offense, but I think at the same time he's a pile of crap. So uh, you gotta weigh that out, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I have a question for you. If Michigan and Michigan State started out the season ranked top 10, top 15, uh, would Corum, would uh, Kenneth Walker III already be candidates because of what they've done, just from a preseason expectation standpoint? Yeah, I think Corum's an interesting one because leading all-purpose yards, I believe, yeah. is what you said. But he's doing it in a, a, a tandem. I can't think of a tandem back that's been a – did McFadden go to the – go to New York that year was him and Felix and uh, Peyton I Hillis remember. I don't know but I can't think of a tandem back that's going to hurt him but I do think he'd be more Kenneth Walker is the one as much as I poop on Michigan State and rightfully so you guys are <laughs> not good uh, but like the best thing you have going for you is you got this guy to come from I mean easy pitch right 
Hey, Wake Forest is a pretty high academic institution. They actually go to class. Hey, want to come to a school that we're not really going to hold you accountable and you're going to be the starting running back and we're going to give you the ball 30 <laughs> times a game? Like, easy, easy for me, right? Um, I, so I think that Kenneth Walker would be more up there if Michigan State wasn't Michigan State. I mean, let's be honest. If they, or if they had more preseason hype. If they were, if everyone said, you know what, let's go. Peyton Thorne, Heisman hype, Mel Tucker, he's done so much in his past. He yep. deserves the benefit of the doubt. Defense is awesome. Let's roll. But the reality is, is that Kenneth Walker might more, he'll be on your Doak Walker list, but he's not going to be on your Heisman list in the, the year, but he should be. Um, but I don't really know who else. What do you guys think? I'll bump to you guys before we call it a day. Um, Quarterbacks think, and Heisman. Well, I think the front runner right now is. Matt Crowell, like you said, yeah. Um, but I don't even know who I'd say is the best quarterback right now. It's so tough. Maybe maybe Sam Howell, even though he had that rough game against Virginia Tech. He did have a good game this past yeah, week. Yeah, he, he had a solid game against Virginia this week. And then, um, yeah, I think it's so tough to call right now. I think Rattler is extremely overrated, so I, I won't even mention him for this because I won't even though I already did. But yeah, you just when he's getting all these NFL projections, like top five pick, top ten pick, he's not. I mean, I know you don't have to be tall anymore. Look at Kyler Murray looking like that mini Shrek out there running around all the time. <laughs> but like, you know that Shrek meme of these doing yeah. like the dog tricks? That's what a Kyler Murray looks like running around out there. <laughs> well, it's, um, Spencer Rattler's done way more to think, way more to me that makes me think he's horrible than he's done to make me think he's even decent. But then again, Lincoln's put how many guys in the league? How many Lincoln guys started this past week in the NFL? Hertz started, Kyler started, Baker started. Yep. So, you know, and I'm sure next year Hallow will start at some point. Zach, what do you or Zach, sorry, Adam, what do you think? I mean, no, I mean, I think Corral. Yeah. It's, but I'm with you. It's like, uh, it's weird that there's not, this guy is dominating. This guy's dominating. This, it's like, yeah. Some, yeah, I agree. If it was pure domination, I think yeah. Kenneth Walker would be your guy. Uh, maybe Chardonnay, but now they lost a game, so that kind of kicks him down the curb. Yeah. But yeah, there's really no true See, guy. The hot take I like, this might be a little biased coming from me, but I think. Um, Ohio State is in a tough spot right now, and I think they really need to lean on that run game that's done well in Travion Henderson. And I think Travion Henderson could be the true first ever true freshman to win that. See, I don't think we'll see a running back win the Heisman <laughs> until we see an offensive shift back to the run game. See, but I think it's so spread this him out. This is so all weird. Why not a running back? Because of what I just said. I think you just spread him out and throw it. Look at, I mean, the guys we've all talked about are all quarterbacks that are dual threats. Or they just chuck it so so far. Yeah. Um, I, but you know, you could be right. You're probably not, but you could be. Yeah, I'm probably not. But yeah. I'd like to be right. JJ McCarthy. He has that one throw. It blows my mind. Don't, don't even get me. Oh god, what a sweet throw! He threw that, and I said, "Why aren't they playing this?" It was a backups. Why aren't we playing this kid? Anyways. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting. I think, uh, especially this week, he started the second half. But when he's gotten in, they're not putting him in with the backups. They. Putting in JJ McCarthy. Good point. With Ooh. the starters, I don't know if they're just not sold on McNamara or if they're just buying the time until he's more consistent in practice or whatever. But yeah. I, did, I, I did notice that they're keeping JJ in with the the first team. Yeah, that's interesting. If Michigan is undefeated, playing Ohio State, and Ohio State's offense continues to look the way they have, who takes the snaps under center? For Michigan to start the game. Mm. I mean, I think Cade. They still roll with Cade. If, they, if, if they're, you know if they're undefeated, if Cade hasn't cost them anything, if he's if he's not injured, it's. I don't, that's where I don't think to, they bench him for winning. Because that's where it comes into question: is yeah. when you hit a team that you know you've got to air it out on, and not just one play action See, pass. And that's the difference between because I mean, uh, Nick Saban 
he realized he needed to change his approach, and that's that's the difference between Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. Nick Saban's exactly. willing to put Tua Tagovailoa in when you're when you're proven starter. Jalen Hurts is struggling and win the national championship. Well, just his whole shift in philosophy was we, they went from having three, maybe four, I think it was three though, consecutive Heisman level backs, right? Yeah. To Ah, we got to throw the ball if we're going to stay yeah, relative yeah. in recruiting, right? And I think that's Michigan's problem is good luck recruiting when it's five yards in a pile of dust, five yards in a pile of dust. Now, they'll probably win a lot of games this year doing that. But when you got the Golden Boy sitting there waiting, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not Harbaugh, but I just – yeah, you must really be confident your job is not in jeopardy to not play that game. So. Anyway, we kind of got off topic there. Oh, sorry. That's fun. Yeah, what a pleasure, guys. Where, where can they follow you? I had a blast. Yeah. Hope I can come back again. Uh, highlight of my weekend to talk ball with these guys. Nobody I'd rather talk college football with at 5 o'clock on a Monday than these two guys. <laughs> so where, where can they follow you on the socials? We're on basically everything. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yep. Like and subscribe. The subscribe button will be right here. Right over Robbie's face. Yep, yep you know. Buy your uh, apple cider and donuts at Quality Dairy.